Uh, to the Lethbridge Herald, who is here today, to CKXU FM Radio 88.3, and other media for coverage of SACPA events. Today we had CJOC do an interview with our speakers. I'd like to also thank Country Kitchen Catering for friendly service, and a round of applause perhaps. <laughs> And uh, on behalf of SACPA to the University of Lethbridge for their ongoing and continuing lovely support. So I hope that you've had an ample amount of time to discuss the topic over lunch. And uh, I will entertain also written questions if you wish to submit them uh, during the Q&A. So it's, uh, the mic is in the middle of the room as is uh, prominently displayed by our first speaker. So um, what else? There's a suggestion box placed in the lobby for your ideas uh, and comments about this session or any future sessions you'd like to see us holding. And uh, I just want to restate the topic. Moving Waterton Lakes National Parks Visitor Center, how and by whom are relocation decisions made? So um, ask your questions. Please state your name, keep your comments brief, and avoid personal attacks. This is, I uh, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what it says I have to tell you to do. Um, so limit questions to one or two on the topic being discussed per person and use the provided microphones. So um, let's begin. Now, according to the rules of the game, I have to give my name first of all. I'm Van Christou. I'm delighted to have had you two present this to us today. I think this is a, a real important Southern Alberta uh, matter. And uh, Southern Albertans are deeply concerned. And uh, I, I think it's great that you have this, this uh, podium today to be able to explain how much the opinions of the people uh, who are organized in Waterton have been rejected by the, by, by the bureaucracy. Uh, thank you so much for presenting that so clearly. Um, I wondered why it had gone this far. For it to have gone this far, it means that the bureaucracy has just taken over completely. They're disregarding what, what the local people think or what they want. And uh, we're supposed to be living in a democracy. And I think it's time that, that uh, we went right to the top and dealt with the prime minister on this one. Van, do you have a question? The question is, are, are you people prepared to go to the Prime Minister to get some action on this thing? Because it's a very important topic. Yes. Uh, uh, on, on, I'd like to make one point here that uh, hasn't been stated yet. Uh, John Barlow is the MP uh, that covers uh, Foothills Waterton. He came in May and he met with all the various groups uh, and uh, people and uh, the Save the Waterton Field group had uh, taken uh, petitions and set them in businesses all over uh, Lethbridge and southern Alberta and uh, in a very short time collected about 1,400 signatures opposing the, the location on this petition. This was presented to John Barlow, who said that he uh, had been promised a meeting with the Minister of uh, in 
environment and climate change uh, to present this petition and uh, we had also given him uh, the PowerPoints of the, that I presented there and uh, the bottom line, the letter we got back said he was re uh, refused a meeting with the minister and that, that, that petition was filed on June 14th in Parliament and it's an answer of that day on page 72. June 14th, 2016? Yes. Hi, my name is Peter Beal, and I, the two questions I've got is really basically uh, one thing, obviously you've shown that this is going to be very crowded with traffic and things like that. Why wouldn't the park just use eminent domain and tear down the five cottages and make more parking area? And then why wouldn't they go you know, beyond the campground and open up more land for more cottages? That's one thing. And the other thing is this end of the road thing where you say it's sort of a provincial spot, why not uh, open up the road to that, where the little trail is, to the BC area, put a highway in there, and then make it a through road alternate to the Crow's Nest Pass. I mean, that would make it more, more open for more visitors and more, make, give it a more of an international flavor. So those are the two questions I'd like you to address. There have been there were plans in the past to go through the Akamena, but uh, it's not feasible. BC uh, Park. Yeah, BC Parks. It, it's uh, it just doesn't work. It's been thought about, but it doesn't work. Um, Waterton being the end of the road, that's just the way it is. Um, I think what people are concerned about is that there's not been any credible study that we can find done by parks to justify the VRC on block 39 and to bringing all that traffic into the town site. There doesn't seem to have been any um, alternate plan investigated whether to have parking outside the town site, restrict cars in the town site or whatever. Um, someone brought up the point, well, what about if there's an emergency? And someone said, if you're on foot, you have a better chance of getting out of the town site in an emergency than you do in a car. That was a joke. Uh, my name's Dave Shepard. Um, I'm going to be a little contrary. <laughs> um, I understand your anger, and this tells me that Parks hasn't handled this well at all. But on the other hand, um, I am one who thinks that the wildlife and the, the environment of the park comes first. And um, if you have the visitor center where you proposed, we're going to lose some habitat. It's in a wild, actual wildlife corridor where, as this is, I would not call it a wildlife corridor. There are wildlife there, certainly, but they don't require it as a travel route, I don't think. But a lot of wildlife use that uh, that beach area, what, do you, what did you call it? The, <laughs> the Driftwood Beach. Log the beach area. You, you know why the wildlife do beach. some of that? It's because there's a road there. If there wasn't a road there, they might not use it. The wildlife are adaptable. The whole park is a wildlife uh, wildlife, corridor. wildlife are adaptable, right enough. But over the years, Waterton has done a really good uh, job of containing the footprint. 
yes. in, in the park. It's Dave, the park in 1950, virtually the same footprint that it is today. And That's not true of Dave, some other parks. Dave, do you have a question? Uh, well, would you comment on the, um, the loss of uh, that wildlife habitat in the area that you're proposing? Uh, that corridor near the park compound is already compromised land, so I'm not sure where the wildlife corridor argument comes from. That land has had uh, a diesel spill. There's been a lot of industrial work on that, which was why we thought it might be a good uh, choice, because it's already been disturbed. It's not pristine um, in an effort to keep the footprint small. And uh, so I don't understand your, your comments about the wildlife corridor. I know Parks has used that, and that's been sent up the line, but the whole park is really a wildlife corridor. And uh, when you spent enough summers there, you understand where the wildlife goes. And to put the VRC or a visitor center near the on compound on the road into the park, to me, is far less disruptive environmentally than in the center of the town site. Hi, my name is Henning Mundell, and at our table we've been talking a bit about your presentation and then what? Is it intractable, the decision being made? What can you do? What do you expect that we could do to prevent the move to that area into town? Uh, <clears throat> question was asked about uh, uh, talking, uh, making a presentation to the, uh, the Prime Minister. Uh, you, possibly you remember in August, uh, Minister McKenna and uh, the, what's the Minister of uh, Health, that's Philpott, uh, were both uh, very much in the public news for excessive personal expenditures that uh, McKenna had gone to Paris and had hired a uh, professional photographer to follow her around and uh, spent $6,600. And uh, there was the, the Prime Minister had to do some uh, uh, backtracking. And the Prime Minister made this statement as quoted in the, uh, the Lethbridge Herald, or Calgary Herald says, we're always willing to discuss the kind of openness and transparency across government that we know Canadians expect. And there has been no openness nor transparency uh, in this decision. This decision was made in early 2015 by the superintendent working with the national office, and the whole thing has been an orchestrated strategy uh, Ever since then, we've been used. Yes. <laughs> I'll answer this one. Okay. Am I on? Yes, you're on. My name is Dave Crookshank. I'm a businessman in Waterton. I stand to benefit by having this wonderful development right close to some of my businesses. But like practically every other business person in town, I'm totally against it. We have enough business as it, as it is. It's hard to imagine that any rational person could come to the decision of building this abortion where they're building it. And 
you know, there, we've done a few things to try and dissuade them from doing it. But I think it's time to take the gloves off. There's no reason to be polite to Parks Canada. They do not understand polite. They're a complete dictatorship. I once said to the park superintendent, not this one, but several ones ago, I said, the last time I looked, I, I, I lived in a democracy. And he said to me, not in Waterton Park, you don't. Remember, there's not supposed to be any personal attacks. Well, I never named anybody. <laughs> but anyway, the point I, I want to make is that this decision has been made. There's nothing we can do about it short of an injunction, passive resistance, and as a last resort, vigilantism. Okay, and I know a lot of people that are quite willing to be vigilantes. Yeah. Words, this has so anyway, my question, uh, this was the preamble to my question. My question is, the MP, Mr. Barlow, was refused by the minister for an audience or an appointment. Surely, if there's media here, wouldn't they question? pick it up and question? run with it? My question is, why isn't this a big thing that our MP was refused a meeting with the minister. It's absolutely shameful that it, that happened. Is, is this something that they can answer? Sort of. Yeah. Okay. So butt out. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. This, a number of people consider this a tempest in a teapot, and I don't, I don't think it is. Well, it's a travesty. It, is not going to help the town site or the village of Waterton to have the VRC where it is. There has not been enough study done. There have been decisions made, and they've been made with an eye to justifying what Parks wants, not what is best for Waterton or the people who visit the park. And they have been very, Parks Canada has been very skillful in forwarding their argument, but it's at the expense of everything else. Common sense being the biggest problem here. There just is no common sense to why they are doing this. They have not adequately explained it, and they have completely disregarded it. They actually kind of did a little bit of character assassination to anyone in Waterton who opposed it. They sent comments up the line, because the Freedom of Information request, we have copies of it, that said... Anyone, who, the people who are um, objecting to this are just a bunch of discontented leaseholders. They don't, you know, the implication being they don't know what they're talking about. It was very, and it, that's why the minister has said nothing. That's why the CEO has said nothing. I sent letters on behalf of the WLLA to both of them. Not a response. Nothing. And I sent one through particular diplomatic channels, not the usual email, and she still ignored it. So now it's up to you guys, because guess what? We've run out of stuff. The lawyers will tell you it's very expensive, very expensive, and you're not even guaranteed that you're going to get your money back. Thank you. My name is Bill Little, and actually you answered one of my questions, but uh, is there anybody considering litigation 
uh, on this uh, subject, and do you have uh, a broad brush idea of what the cost would be? Uh, the broad brush idea for litigation is $250,000 just to get into a federal court. And after that, heaven knows what the expenses are. Lawyers we've spoken to, and um, we do, the WLLA has a formal um, disclaimer from a lawyer saying, you might have a case, but you need a lot of money. A lot of money. And we don't have the money, and we don't, at this point, I don't have the political will anymore. Bev Mundell-Atherstone, thank you very much for your presentation. Uh, first, a little mention about format. When the moderator is speaking, you don't tell her to butt out. And um, <clears throat> we have to have respect for one another at the mics. I also think the previous speaker meant uh, abomination, not abortion. So m my question is, um, has to do with the number of the congestion of cars in the downtown area. I wonder if there has been any projection about how many vehicles would be down there and how many vehicles are down there now. Uh, with the additional 50 um, uh, parking spots needed for the people who are working at the uh, Parks, Parks Canada, uh, that, that would seem to indicate a huge number of vehicles down in the in the downtown area, aside from the visitors, um, and uh, and aligned with that, another question about congestion has to do with the housing for the people who are working for Parks Canada, because our daughter worked down there at um, uh, in the hotels for one year, and mm -hmm. the housing for people who work in the town site is is absolutely horrible there, there's hardly any housing and so that's another area of congestion so the two the vehicles and the people who are working there where would they be housed thank you okay first as to the uh, vehicles uh, parks canada are presently replacing all the water and sewer in the town site uh, it's uh, it's been leaking for decades. And uh, in that process, of course, most of them are located within the streets. And uh, in repaving the, the, the streets and so forth, they're taking up, uh, as a matter of policy, uh, they're expanding to take up the full uh, survey right away. And on every street, they will be putting a parallel or angle parking. If any of you have been there this summer, uh, the, uh, from Evergreen, from uh, Cameron Falls South, now has uh, a lot of uh, angle parking and uh, parallel parking, depending on the particular situation. Uh, the uh, uh, Harebell Road, which is on the uh, west side of, of the Block 39, uh, has been the road itself has been a playground for a, and it's, it's often you see 20 or 30 young children there on tricycles and so forth but uh, they are going to put a parallel parking expand that into the uh, where the leaseholders have landscaped their lots and so forth they are uh, moving into the uh, to the full width of their right-of-way, and their policy is to put parking on every street that they rebuild. And 
So that's the the uh, the parking. Uh, they're expanding that. Uh, what was the other question? Housing. 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 Well, there's uh, two kinds of employees. The, the, uh, there, there are two kinds of employees. There's the uh, employees of businesses, and there are employees of the park. A lot of and they, these are seasonal people. Uh, the uh, uh, the park are uh, tearing down uh, a number of their own buildings. Uh, let me back up. The, the community plan that they quote so often says that all of the Parks Canada administration will be moved to the uh, Public Works compound. Uh, they are building three uh, large uh, uh, staff housing units. The one that's uh, under construction right now is centered in between the United Church, the Catholic Church, and the LDS Church. And it's uh, 22 units in there. Next year they will be taking out the post office building and the uh, park house immediately uh, east of the post office and putting in uh, another big complex there and phase three in 2018 will be taking out the park houses across the street north of the post office and putting in another complex there for a total of 92 uh, units of park staff housing and uh, somebody made the comment about uh, uh, some of the uh, summer employees are uh, somewhat uh, rowdy we've had uh, comments of that uh, show up uh, so that is how they're handling that the uh, businesses are expected to provide staff housing uh, some have them houses outside of uh, uh, the park that uh, their employees commute uh, uh, Dave might be able to tell us more about what he has to do for his employees that way but uh, uh, Instead of moving all of their administration out of the town site, they're moving it all in. And, and this, it's not just a visitor center. The major part of it is st uh, administration offices. And it's those offices that will operate year-round with st the snow removal expenses. I expect they'll shut the visitor center down in the winter. Uh, my name is Knut Peterson. <coughs> Excuse me. You think there's a chance that uh, Parks Canada actually don't really care about the local population? They they just want the tourists to come there. Like I avoid Banff like a plague in the in the summertime. You can't get in there and out of there. So, do you think they just uh, care about tourists coming there? Is that do you think that's a possibility? That that's why they don't listen to you? Uh, yes. Uh, I believe the the uh, the policy of the Parks Canada, regardless of what's written in their uh, community plans, their management plans, their code of ethics, uh, uh, they have ultimate authority to do anything they want to do. They want to... Uh, be the center of everything 
within the national parks. They built uh, uh, their visitor center and administration in the center of Banff, and Banff is, uh, as you say, uh, you'd rather avoid it. And uh, they're talking now about, it's been in the press this summer, they've uh, shuttle service between Banff and uh, Lake Louise, and they're talking of uh, building parking lots outside of Banff with shuttle service into the town. So, uh, uh, but that's uh, their policy. They want to be the center of anything, everything. Uh, one uh, eminent uh, professor who'd trained a lot of uh, Parks people, uh, his comment uh, was that uh, Parks Canada are just like the, the Chinese emperors who built their big forbidden city in the center of Beijing so they could be the center of everything. And I think that's the Parks Canada policy. And uh, uh, they have ultimate authority, regardless of what's written, to do whatever they want to do. I'm Mary Shillington. Uh, we had quite a healthy discussion over our table about the purpose of, of a park, uh, and uh, a national park particularly. And and uh, seems to me many of us agreed that it's about the animals, and that seems to have been lost in some of this discussion. So I'd like your comment on that. But another thing is, uh, I would gather from this earlier speaker, uh, questioner, that perhaps the Chamber of Commerce were siding with you, the information you've presented, but I would like some clarity about that, because it seemed I asked the question at the table, well, sure, we bring all those tourists down there, then they'll be in the town site and they'll have to spend their money. So is that what it's about? Uh, so that's, those are the two things, animals and, and uh, the money and how business people are reacting to that. Um, I can't speak for the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> Sorry. Um, in terms of animals, animals and uh, a town site, even as small as Waterton, uh, sometimes are not compatible. For a number of years, Parks uh, had hired what we called the bear lady, and she had her dogs who would herd the deer up the slopes of the mountains and keep them out of the town site because the general public can be very stupid about wildlife and uh, touching fawns and things like that, and the end result is not good. Nobody wins. So they kept the deer out of the town site. So a town site, by its very nature, is not going to be conducive to preserving wildlife. Uh, I don't know what the answer to that is, except that you try not to have the wildlife habituated to the town site, which is why they have the garbage bins they do. People walk their garbage to the garbage bins. The bears don't have access to the garbage. Years ago they did. That was used to be an issue. It's no longer an issue. Trying to keep the deer out of the town site so that when they have their fawns, they're not going to be disturbed by well-meaning but ill-informed tourists. Uh, I think, really, that Parks is a little behind the times when they want to put a visitor center in the middle of the town. Because what they have said is, well, uh, when people have said, how are people going to find it? Well, they can use their you know, GPS. Well, anyone who uses an electronic GPS or their iPhone is going to look up the information before they get to the town site. So why would you use a GPS to get to a building in the middle of a town site that's crowded just to find out what you could have found out online on your way into the town site. It's a question that hasn't been answered, 
but I think it's also a question that Parks has not addressed adequately. This will be the last question. My name's Diane Parkinson, and I have a question about the parking. Gary, you just mentioned that there would be housing for 90 park staff. will be occupying the present location of the tennis court and the basketball court. Five employees will have a vehicle, which to me is ridiculous. The fact that probably that parking in that area will be staff, which is probably more like four out of five. Have they addressed staff parking for those people? And thank you for your presentation. There, there is a, a single lot immediate that is designated to be a parking lot for BRC, uh, as I say, the, uh, the location of the tennis courts. So there's, there's four lots there that will be a huge parking lot. And they, then they plan to put uh, uh, parking, parallel or angle parking on... Uh, uh, on the, all of the adjoining, well, in all of the streets in town, all the residential seats will have parking. Thank you. I understand that, but I, my concern is, is that those lots will be full of staff, and has the superintendent addressed that fact? Okay. Not, uh, we don't know. Not that we know of. So he may have, but we, we don't know. In the absence of anyone else being up here, I, I may I have a second question. Um, Van Christou, and uh, I was glad in your presentation that you uh, pointed out what has been done at Apgar Village. I was there two weeks ago and really impressed with the fact that they have a much easier situation than we have in Waterton. And they've, saw, and they've gone ahead of times and put that, their parking away out, outside the, the uh, center. And I think that was a very good parallel for you to, to uh, bring up as an example of, of what's going on at Waterton. Uh, in Waterton, there, uh, we lived there many years ago, with, had, a par had a cottage there, and I know it intimately. The visitor center should be outside of town completely. And uh, that's nonsense about this, uh, the park saying that people will have to find it. You can't get, get into water without seeing it. It'll be at the entrance, uh, at the highway. It should be a way out there. And you can make all the parking in the world you want where the old houses were and so on. And uh, that would solve the problem immensely. And I, I'm just pleased that APGAR in the States, nearby, has done it way ahead of us. And if we follow the plan that's been done here, it'll be a real loser for, for, for Canada. Any further questions? Then thank you for your attention. Very quick one, very quick one. Okay, one quick question, and that'll be the last Second question. Time, Henning Mundell, but what's the time frame that Parks has for the visitor center, the building of it? The construction is to start no later than 2018 and be finished in 2019. They have a five-year window to spend the capital money that they were given in what year? We're at the end of year two now. We're at the end of year two. So, so the next opportunity for consultation on the visitor reception center is when the design phase 
is complete. Uh, and that will be, I think it's the beginning of um, 2017. So January? I'm not sure, yeah. January. So there is an opportunity to comment on the design options presented by the local Lethbridge architect. If you wish to do that, I encourage you to do so. There, uh, I expect that he's already given his uh, preliminary drawings to the park. They were scheduled about now, and or, and. Uh, but the public they're, they're was promised they're, consultation. They're, they're, pl they're planning on doing a presentation uh, at the Victoria Day weekend when all of the organizations have their annual meetings. So I think they're. That, that, that is their schedule to make another public you know, uh, comments on the thing, but I think it's window dressing. Okay. So you have to decide what you want to do. You have some options for action. Thank you very much for your attention. Take care and have a great week.